the millennial reign of Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 20 begins today here on Last Things Podcast. It's your boy, Damien, coming to you once again with another episode of the Last Things Podcast, where we are on a journey to truth. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to come before you once again as we discuss the word of God. How is everybody doing on today? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I truly do appreciate you. Like I tell you all the time. This podcast will be nothing if it was not for you. If it's not for you guys tuning in is it, this podcast wouldn't even exist right now. So thank you guys so much for the bottom of my heart to tuning in to this week, man. We got ourselves a very good episode on on a, on this week. And as you can see, I got my Astros on. Shout out to my shout out to the Houston Astros as they finally did it. Got got that. I'm so proud of Dusty Baker. He finally got that ring as a manager that he's been chasing for many years. You know, I told the story once before about how my grandfather was a diehard Dusty Baker fan. If he was still living right now to see Dusty Baker finally, to see his man finally get his ring, boy, my grandfather would be, whoo, man, he'd be celebrating right now. So congratulations to my hometown team, man. Thank you, man. It's, it's an exciting time here in Houston. So thank, but, uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. Last week we covered Revelation chapter 19. We we were we we pretty much been doing Revelation chapter 19 for a couple of weeks. We pretty much saw the return of Jesus. Um, we saw him, of course, abolish all of his enemies, just as the Bible says that he would that as he would. And now we're here in Revelation chapter 20, where he is where. Jesus is about to set up his millennial reign, his thousand year millennial reign. So um, let's do this. Let's 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 jump right into the lesson. OK, let's do this. We're going to start in Revelation chapter 20, verse one. And of course, I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. So mine is going to be a little different. OK, this is what it says. Revelation chapter 20, verse one. Then I saw an angel come down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. Now, we've seen an angel. If we go back to Revelation chapter 9, we've seen an angel with the key to the bottomless pit. We saw, John said he saw a star fall down from heaven. He saw a star fall from the sky. And a key was given to him, and it was what? A key to the bottomless pit. We saw that in Revelation chapter 9. I believe it's the fifth trumpet that's blown. And this angel has a key to the bottomless pit. Now, I don't believe it's the same. I don't believe this angel in Revelation chapter 20 is that same angel in Revelation chapter nine. I don't believe that for a minute. I think that angel in Revelation chapter nine is Satan. I, that, that's just my belief because he's a fallen angel. But, you know, everyone has their own opinion. But I don't believe it's, it's this angel here in Revelation chapter 20. I believe this is a different angel. Why do I say it's a different angel? Well, because let's look at what, it's, what it says. Not only does he have a key to the bottomless pit, but he also has a heavy chain in his hand. 
Look at verse two. He sees the dragon, that old serpent, the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. So we know this ain't Satan. Why? Because this angel has Satan bound up in chains. Okay. Look at verse three. The angel threw him into the bombless pit, which he then shut and locked. So Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until a thousand years were finished. Afterward, he will be released again for a little while. Okay, let's 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 try to uh, dissect that. I want to look up the word deceive. I have the word deceive. Because notice what the Bible says. Satan is. Satan is locked up in the bombless pit. He's thrown into the bombless pit and then the door is locked behind him. So he could not what deceive the nations. This is what deceive means to cause someone to believe something that is not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. Or another definition is fail to admit to oneself that something is true. But I think that first one is better. Uh, cause someone, I'm going to repeat it again, deceive, cause someone to believe something that is not true, typically in order to gain some personal advantage. That's what deceive means. So in my, this is just my opinion. Satan's greatest weapon is what deception. That's his greatest weapon. I think it's in the Bible where it says he's the father of lies. That's his greatest weapon is deception. Remember when Jesus was in the garden, was uh, being tempted of the devil. What was the devil doing? He was taking, he was deceived. He was trying to deceive Jesus using the word of God. But what was he doing? He was twisting. He was, he was twisting the word of God to try to make it say something. That it really was not saying. See, Satan's greatest trick is deception and lies. That's his greatest trick. That's his greatest weapon. That's how Satan defeats people is with deception and lies. That's his greatest. That's his greatest trick. But if you notice here in Revelation chapter 20, when he's thrown in a bombless pit, it says he can't deceive the nations anymore. When it says nations, that's a group. That's people. He can't deceive anybody anymore. And now look and, and then let's look. He can't deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. And then after the thousand years, he will be released again for a little while. Satan will be bound and cast down into the bombless pit and the door is going to be closed behind him. And he's going to be there for a thousand years. After the thousand years, the Bible says what? He will be released again for a little while. That's now that's after Christ's millennial reign. After those thousand years is up, Satan's going to be let loose again. He's going to let let out again. Now, that goes to the millennial reign that happens after the thousand years. But so what is the millennial reign? Of course, the Christ literally Christ reigning on earth. His kingdom is on earth. You will be able to see Jesus literally be on earth you will see his kingdom on earth you will see that you will see christ literally just as the bible has said he'll rule the nations with a rod of iron you will literally see that that's what the millennial reign is christ literally reigning here on earth 
Now, that brings me to there are three different views on the millennial reign, on the millennial reign. Just like with the rapture, there's three different views There's a pre-trib before the tribulation, mid-trib in the middle of the tribulation and post-trib after the tribulation as to when the rapture takes place. There's three different views on the millennial reign. The first one is amillennialism. I think I'm saying it right. Amillennialism. And that is and that basically is they are saying that the millennial reign of Christ is figurative. It's not literal. Christ will not literally reign on earth. That's pretty much what that means. He will not literally the thousand years will he will not reign on earth. There's no millennial reign pretty much. It's just figurative. That's what they believe. Okay, that's amillennialism. And then you have postmillennialism. They believe that the thousand years is not a literal thousand years. They mean that it's for a long time. Like it doesn't, it's, they believe it's not going to last a thousand years. And during that time, Christ, um, during that time, Christ reigns in our hearts. So the Christians will be building the kingdom during the during the thousand years after the Christians build the kingdom, then after that's supposed, that's like after the thousand years, then Christ will return. So basically after the thousand years, Jesus returns. That's what they believe. After the thousand years, Jesus returns. Okay. That's what they believe. That's post-millennialism. They believe after a thousand years, Jesus returns. But during that thousand years, they believe that the church, that the Christians will be building the kingdom during that thousand years. And then after a thousand years is up, Christ will come. They don't they don't necessarily believe that it's a thousand years, like a literal thousand years. They believe it. It's for a time. They don't believe it, that it's a thousand years. It could be like. 500 years or six or something like that. They don't believe it's an actual thousand, but they believe that whenever that time is up, that's when Jesus will return. He'll return after that time is up. And during that time, it's our, it's the Christian's job to establish the kingdom on earth. That's post-millennialism. Now you have premillennialism. What is that? That means that Jesus will return before the thousand years and reign on earth. We, I'm putting myself in that group because that's what I believe. We believe that he will, that the scriptures mean what they say. He will literally reign on earth. He will reign on earth. Just like I said a few minutes ago, you will see the kingdom on earth. That's what premillennialism believe. He will come before the thousand year millennium, the, before the thousand years, and he will literally reign on earth. OK, so those are the three different views of of the millennial reign It's amillennialism, which is A-M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L-I-S-N-M. Our millennialism. Then there's post-millennialism, P-O-S-T, millennialism, M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L-I-S-M, post-millennialism, after the thousand years. And then there's pre-millennialism, before the thousand years, which of course spelled the same, just different, P-R-E-M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L-I-S-M, okay?
So do do some if you want to, you can go on Google, type them up and you'll get all the information and it'll go. Of course, it'll go more into depth of what I'm saying, but of what it'll go more in detail. But what I'm trying to do is keep it to where you can understand it and not come try not to confuse you anymore. But you are more than welcome to go on Google and look up the information for you. In fact, I encourage you to go on Google and look up the information for yourself and see for yourself and make your own decision as to what you believe. Because there are people believe different things. I fall in pre-millennialism. Yes, some people who believe in post, some people believe in our millennialism, you know, but you have to decide on what you believe. But I'm presenting the information to you so you can research it for yourself and you can make your you can draw your own conclusion. Okay. And then as I said, as the scripture says. After the thousand years, what happens? Satan will be released again. Okay. Now let's look at that's verse three. Now let's look at verse four. Then I saw thrones and the people sitting on them had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus for proclaiming the word of God. And I saw the souls of those who had not worshipped the beast or his statue, not accepted his mark on their forehead or their hands. They came to life again and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. That's verse four through. That's literally verse four. So John sees a couple of groups of people. First, he saw people. He saw thrones and he saw people sitting on them and they would have the ability to judge. Then. So we know that group is the church. Why do we say that? Second Timothy, chapter two, verse 12 says this. If we suffer, we shall also if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. The church has always promised what to reign with Christ. OK. So and no and 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 I want you something notice something else too. This is another rapture thing that I'm just now seeing. Notice John sees them first. He says there's people sitting on the thrones with the authority to judge. He sees them first. He calls them out first. Then he calls out the second group who have been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus for proclaiming the word of God. What do it mean beheaded? Me personally, I I'm going to take it the same as as um as literal. The head's getting cut off. Now, some I've seen some a couple studies. Some people say, well, it could be execution. You know, it could be it could be just another way of saying that people be executed. Either way it goes, people are dying during that time. But I'm going to say they were beheaded. I'm going to keep that in mind. Why? Because remember, how did John the Baptist die? He was what? He was beheaded. So I believe this is the same thing. People will be beheaded during this time, during the tribulation period. For what, and notice what they're beheaded for. for. For their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. So what are they being beheaded for? Being Christians. That's exactly what they're being beheaded for. OK, and then here's another group that John saw. Then he saw another group, those who had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their forehead or their hands. They came to life again. So John said, here's another group. John says, then he sees. 
Then he sees the souls of those who are not worshiped the beast or his statue. He sees one group who had not who had been beheaded for preaching about the gospel. Then he sees another group who were behead who who apparently they didn't worship the beast or a statue, nor accept the mark of the nor nor accept the mark. So they weren't preaching the gospel, but this group said they not they weren't preaching the gospel as the first group, but this group just didn't take on the mark of the beast. They didn't worship the beast. They didn't worship his statue, or they didn't accept the mark on his on their foreheads or their right hands. So John sees another group. And notice what John says. They came to life again and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So here, second Timothy, if you suffer with him, you will reign with him. These two groups, they suffered. They died. These are the tribulation saints. They died for what they believed in. And guess what? The Bible says they will reign with Christ for a thousand years with the church. Is no longer the church. It's no longer the church in, in tribulation saints. It's one group now. And notice what the Bible says: they will all reign with Christ for a thousand years. Which goes back to Second Timothy chapter two, verse twelve. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Okay. Now let's look at verse five. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Look at verse six. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. Now, let's break this down. Look at what John says. First, first he said, he saw people sitting on thrones who had been given the ability to judge. Notice something. Notice something. He said people. Now, let's look. Let's keep going. Then he says, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. For the testimony about Jesus and for and for proclaiming the word of God. Then notice what he says here. I saw the souls of those who had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their forehead or their hands. Notice the first group. And, and then and let's keep going. Let's keep going. This is the first resurrection. The first resurrection. What, what is John talking about? This is the first resurrection. This is not an event. This is a class. It's like a group. This is considered the first resurrection. Now, so we see three different groups. We see two groups, really. No. We see two. John says three, but we're going to lump two of them together as one. Okay? So this is the first resurrection. Now, what's a part of this first resurrection? First, part, first group, John says he saw people sitting on thrones and they've been given what? The authority to judge. So what's the first resurrection? The rapture. The rapture will be the first resurrection. Remember, first, second, look at first Thessalonians. You know what? Let's do this. Let's go to John chapter five first. Let's go to John chapter five. And let's go to verse 28. 
This is what it says. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son. Verse 29. And they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. You see that John says there are two resurrections. The first resurrection is the resurrection of the good. And then the second resurrection is what? The resurrection of the bad. There are two groups. There's two different resurrections. Now, this isn't now these are not events. This is groups. What consider this is groups. This is two different groups. There's the first resurrection and then there's a second resurrection. We see here in Revelation it breaks down what the first resurrection is, right? Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. You don't have to turn to it. I'm going to read it for you, okay? Daniel chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Many of those who bodies, whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Daniel talks about and another example, another um, Daniel again here talks about there are two different resurrections. There's a resurrection of the good, which is the first one. And there's a resurrection of the bad, the second one. And then look, let, let's let's read the verse of verse six for them, the, sec, the for them. Verse six, I'm sorry. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. So we see the first resurrection is good. Is the is the resurrection of the good. Now, what would be considered parts of the first resurrection? Because it's not one event. It's like a class. It's just a group. What would be considered the first resurrection? As we talked about a minute ago, excuse me, the rapture would be considered part of the first resurrection. It would be the rapture because what happens? The church is what the those who look at first Thessalonians, first Thessalonian. You don't have to turn to it. I'm going to read it for you. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God first. The believers who have died will what rise from their graves. I'm not even going to read the verses, uh, verse 17. I need verse 16. Did you see that? The believers who have died will what rise first. Then those who are then let's read the rest of 17. Let's let's go and read verse 17. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So we see that. So the first resurrection would be what? The rapture. It would be those who died in Christ first. Those who died in Christ will rise up. Well, well you know what? I take that back. They're, they're a part of the first resurrection, but who's the very first resurrection? It would be, of course, Christ, because Christ was the first to rise. We're going to come back to that about Christ rising. We're going to come back to that in a minute. I'm going to come back to that in a minute, okay? But the rapture will be part of the first resurrection, okay? And now, what's another part of the, resur of the resurrection? Those who did good, right? 
who will be now John says all of those who have been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus for proclaiming the word of God and I saw the souls of those who had not worshipped the beast or his statue or accepted his mark on their forehead or their hands they came to life again and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years these are the tribulation saints these are the people who have died during the tribulation period. How do we know? Because John says he sees their soul. He sees souls. The first group that he saw, he said, I see people, not souls. These people that he see, they have their bodies. This group, he just sees their souls. OK, that's a very big difference. I just saw that. I mean, we're going to thank the Holy Spirit for that. But we see that. The tribulation saints, he see them, he sees their souls. The first group, he said, I see people. M mentioned nothing about souls. So what does it mean? They have their bodies. Remember the rapture. The rapture, those who died will rise out of their graves. The rapture, we already have our glorified bodies. The tribulation saints don't have their glorified bodies just yet. They don't have them just yet. But they will, but not right. As of now, John says they don't have them right now. Why? Because he said, I just see their souls. Okay. Now, what's an who's another group? Who's who's who are some other people who will be considered into the first uh, resurrection? Um, the two witnesses. Remember, the Bible says they died in the street for three. They died. They were killed in the street. And their bodies were laid out. They were killed and their bodies were laid out in the streets. Three days they laid out in the street. And then after the third day, they rose again. And then what happened? They went up to heaven. So they would be considered part of the first the first resurrection as well. OK. And also, when we talked about Luke, I want to look at something. Let's look at Matthew chapter 27. Verse 52 through 53. This is the this happens at this is this happened at the death of Jesus Christ. Let's read. Uh, verse 50. Let's just start from there. Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. Verse 51. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. Rocks split apart. Verse 52 and tombs opened the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery. Now, verse 53 gets tricky. They left the cemetery after Jesus's resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. So John says when Jesus is resurrected. Many God, many godly men and women. Well, well, verse 52 at the tombs open. After Jesus gives up his spirit, verse 52 says tombs open the bodies of many godly, godly men and women who died were what raised from the dead. Verse 53, they left the cemetery after Jesus's resurrection. So. Verse between verse 52 and 53, there's a time, there's a gap in between there because verse 53 says that group that got up, they left the cemetery when after Jesus's resurrection. So apparently there's a, there's like a three day time gap between verses 52 and verse 53. But notice 
What happened? They left after Jesus' resurrection. What did they do? They went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. This would be some of who the Old Testament saints. Because notice they had men and women who had died and they were raised from the dead. Now, what happened? They went into the holy city of Jerusalem. So this would be, in my opinion, some of the Old Testament saints, not all of them, just some. Why? Because notice they all went into the city of Jerusalem, meaning they were around when Christ died because they left the cemetery. So all of the Old, Old Testament, Old, Old Tribulation, Old Testament saints, that's who I'm talking about. This would be an example of some some of the Old Testament saints. Why? Because whoever died during that time when Jesus died, when he got up, they got up as well, according to Matthew. And they left the cemetery when after Jesus left as well. So who were all the people who were there in that cemetery during that time when Jesus was dead and buried? They rose with him. Now, during this millennium, during this first resurrection, we see we see the rapture. We see the tribulation saints. We see and we see the rapture and we see the tribulation saints. So the Old Testament saints, we already. So, you know, I'm going to do a little more research on that about the Old Testament saints. I'm going to do a little more research on that. OK, I'm not going to group them in there right now because I'm going to do a little old research because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of some uh, thinking of some things. So I'm going to do a little more research on the Old Testament saints. So when we um, in the next episode, episode 20, when we, when we cover Revelation chapter 20, I'm going to do a little more information. I'm going to do a little more research on the Old Testament saints and when they're actually uh, resurrected. Okay. So I'm going to have, and I'll have that question for you. Cause I kind of got a question about that too. So that's a little more information. I'm going to research and then we're going to come back to it. Okay. But let's look at verse six, as we said in verse six, let's keep going. Verse six, blessed are and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Okay. For them, the second death holds no power and they'll reign and they will be priests of God and of Christ. And will reign with him a thousand years. So anybody, excuse me, who is a part of that first resurrection, the Bible says, remember, the first resurrection is a group. It's not an event. It's a group. But the Bible says anybody who's a part of that first resurrection, the second death will hold no power over them and they will be priests of God and of Christ and they'll reign for a thousand years. OK. Now, when it comes to the second death, we're going to come back to that later. We've already kind of discussed in a couple of other episodes, but in case you're tuning in for the first time, we're going to come back to what that actually means in the next. Uh, we're going to come back to it in a little while to see what it means. OK.
Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Next week, we'll continue our discussion of Revelation chapter 20, the millennial reign of Jesus Christ next week here on the Last Things Podcast. Love you guys. Be blessed.